To another episode of Input Output, it's your boy Trash Bag McGee. I mean, uh, Rex on Mac coming at you once again for another episode. And I'm joined by my co host, as always, Mr. Gaming Lift and MC Amazing. How are you gentlemen doing this fine evening? Day, I'm sorry, it's not evening this morning. Hey man, you know, so, somewhere is evening, somewhere is morning, so you know, exactly. Everybody's different, everybody different places watching, so you know, it's good, man, to be back. LPC topics, man. You know, not not quite as you know hot with Street Fighter and stuff like it was last week. You know, it's kind of died down a little bit, but you know, we still got some prevalent and exciting topics to talk about. So I'm ready to get into it, man. I'm heading off to my boy E Amazing. Hey everybody, it's your boy MCE Amazing. Thank you very much, Mr. Game and Lift. I'm doing pretty good today. I'm having a great morning. Uh, hopefully, everybody else is having a great day. We're here to talk about some TV. So excuse me, some FGC topics. I was about to say TV FGC topics. We're here to talk about some FGC topics today. And you guys know we like to keep it cool. We like to keep it crazy. We like to go all over the place. So we're ready to get into it. Rex on Max, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing fine. You know, uh, first of all, I'd like to say if everybody could do me a favor and go to these guys' Twitter and harass them until they start streaming again, I, that'd be very much appreciated. <laughs> um, they've been lacking on their streaming and we can't have that. So, you know, but I've been doing good today. Fantastic. We record this on Friday. So, Friday. So, we're basically at the end of the week. Another week down, weekends approaching. So, it's been, it's been going pretty, pretty good. I mean, you know, we, you know, we suffered that winter storm not too long ago. So, mm -hmm. and it's about 80, I was feeling like a 90 degrees, but I'm thinking it's around like high 70s right now. So, the turnaround's been real quick. So, you know, that Texas weather is wonky. So, but yeah, it's 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 going fantastic. I mean, can't complain. Just great to be here. Talk about these fighting games topics, you know, come to our safe place at, at the end of every week. So doing great. So we can go ahead and get into these into these topics. So our first topic is what to you makes a fighting game complex other than just intense combos or, or very, very hard to execute combos. We know games like Guilty Gear and KOF 13, or just kind of KOF in general, they're really known for having very, very complex combos. So people say they're like complex games, but are there any other attributes about a fighting game that could make it complex? Starting with you, Mr. Game and Live, how do you feel about this? Yeah, there's this, uh, quite a few actually. Um, besides this execution for games, there's, there's a lot of stuff that is you know, intense because I know I once saw something where, you know, there's probably the most popular FGC combo artists out there. I think he even talked about people like, man, why don't, why don't he compete? Why doesn't he play in these tournaments? And it's like, well, I think even he said, he's like, I'm decent. And I, you know, I just have, you know, all, you know, I have this skill for what I do, but it's like, that doesn't necessarily translate into like a good player. Like it's more than just being able to like, if I hit you, I could kill you, but it's like, I have to get to the hit. So frisbees is one thing that makes fighting games complex, like knowing what to throw out, knowing what not to throw out, when and where, knowing like, you know, having a, a good guesstimate or thinking of when your opponent's going to throw something out with punishing. You know, we can frame data. That's one. We can just go into that. I'm just going to mention, I'm not going to go into it, but frame data. Certain things, the hit boxes, hurt boxes, 
there's a lot of things that go into it. Movement. Movement is actually really one I think I don't think a lot of people put enough emphasis on. I, I love characters with like really high movement and even characters that don't have like crazy movement, you still gotta know how to move. Tekken is probably the, one of the biggest examples of movement. Tekken and like Marvel. Like you have to, you gotta be able to know like how to move and if you can't move efficiently and your opponent can, they have an advantage over you. Marvel three, like a character that has flight and they can like, you know, dash in the air. The, what we saw at the end of Marvel 3's competitive run, you know, people flight in the air and then they plink dash across the screen to get away from like Morgan's bullet hell shooting all over the screen type thing. So you got to know how to move and you got to know how to defend. So it's, it's, it's a lot of things that go into a game that make it difficult outside of this execution. Because you can not have the best execution, but if you if you have, you know, fairly decent decision-making and you can, like, not only decision-making, decision, decision making, but, like, persuasion even. And when I say persuasion, I mean the fact that you can, like, bait somebody into doing something. Mm-hmm. Like, shimmy, and you walk up and, let's say, in conditioning. So all that kind of goes hand-in-hand. Hand. Like, you walk up with somebody and throw them two times in a row. They just might think, oh, he's going to do it a third time. And you walk up and then you back up a step and you counter-hit them. So that type of stuff, being able to, like, you don't need a lot of execution. Like, you can kill them just off doing those type of decisions. Now, when you do get a hit, it is the, in your best interest to, like, maximize on that hit and get the most damage that you can. But at the same time, just being able to do an infinite or something is not always necessary. Just being able to make those solid, good decisions, however often they happen in the match, you know. Being able to eliminate the times that you have to make good decisions, like, as opposed to, like, I got to make him guess right or wrong 10 times, how about I try to make the be- better decisions to make him guess wrong seven times so he dies in less decisions. So stuff like that. I mean, that's a, that's a whole, I think, rabbit hole we can go into about these topics. But yeah, those are what I think make uh, fighting games pretty complex just outside of the execution aspect. You know, I kind of, I definitely agree with pretty much everything Devin said right there. Especially the the issue of persuasion. One of the things that people talk about when at least but when i was playing tekken was the no mix-up mix-up where you do a move four times or like uh, when devin was saying you do it twice and they think okay they're they're gonna uh, like you know you're kind of like tricking them you know and they're like, okay they're gonna do it again so now i'm going to and it's like oh uh, nah they did a completely different move but then of course on the other side there's the no mix-up mix-up where I, and i do this all the time as miguel when i'm if any of you guys know the whole thing with Miguel is he has a savage stance and there's a move he does down back three where he kicks you in the leg. And if you hold forward, he goes back into savage stance after he does it. So he's set up to do whatever he wants from savage stance after that. Now, what I would usually do, and I've done this several times, is I'll hit somebody in the leg and go into savage stance and then I'll do it again. And then I'll do it again three times in a row. Now, the other person is thinking there is no way that this guy is going to do it four times in a row. It's just impossible. Who would do something like that? Me. I will do it four times in a row. I'm going to do it four times in a row to get the win. I will do it four times in a row. And if you're still alive, I might do it a fifth time just just because. Now, they might block it, but you know that's, that's, the, te- that's the risk you take. But in addition to that, there's also the implementation of super gauges that, that make the game a little bit more complex because in addition to being able to do your moves you can also do in some cases stronger versions the ex versions of your moves you can also do super moves of course you have your super moves there are also in addition to stuff like that you know they have implemented 
mechanics like the recently in Street Fighter V, they have the V shift. They have the V shift and the V, uh, excuse me, the V shift and the V reversal, I think it's called. Is that what it's called? The V reversal? And the of course, that's an addition to all the other ways you could already use your V gauge in the first place. So that makes the game a little bit, a lot bit deeper than it was before. Then of course you have the options, the different options that you can choose for your V, for your V skills and your V triggers, because there's two options for V skills and two options for V triggers. Then uh, let's shift over to Soul Calibur for a minute. In Soul Calibur, you have the lethal hits. Lethal hits are moves that do a little bit more damage, but they also change the change the situation up a little bit. Normally, for instance, I'm just going to use what I know here. But as an Astaroth player, there's a move 22B. So for those of you who play Tekken, it it would be um it would be down down it would be down down two it would be down down two. So he does this move where he swings upward and knocks people into the air. Now normally it's just a really damaging move that you can use to just to hit people, just to hurt. It hurts a lot, and he sidesteps he sidesteps a little bit while he's doing it. The thing about that is though, if you time it properly and you sidestep it and you make them whiff and you time it perfectly, you get a lethal hit off of that. Now, normally, it would they would knock them into the air and they go flying off and then they hit the ground and now they're up and now you're back to neutral. But if you do the lethal hit, that changes everything. Now, it, it's when you hit them, it slows it down. So you know that you got a lethal hit. The, the background darkens, the, the, the camera zooms in, it goes in slow motion, like you know you got a lethal hit. So now there are several different options. You can, from, you can do the obsidian drop, you can jump up, grab them, uh, break them over your knee. You could just as easily do the exact, you could do another 22B when they hit the ground. Or I learned this very recently, if you're near a wall, you can just, you can wall combo them. Or if they're near a low wall, you can just get them off the stage. There's so many different things just around that one move. It just changes everything. And that's one of the things that adds to the depth of a game. Like Devlin said, you have to be able to get to the point where you hit a person to be able to get that combo. And I remember watching when, when I started playing Tekken, Eris was doing a video about people who play fighting games. And the thing about people who play fighting games is when you're doing combos is first off, you have to be able to do the combo in the first place. You gotta be able to do the combo. Then you gotta be able to recognize when it's time to do the combo. Then after that, you gotta be able to do the combo when you're not, when you're nervous. Because you're gonna be nervous when you a lot when you're playing these games. You're gonna be nervous. You're gonna be sitting there and your hands are gonna be sweaty and your fingers aren't doing exactly what you want them to do. So you gotta be able to pull them off in that, pull it off in that kind of situation. And it's tough. But when you get to that point, you realize that I I can do this combo when the chips are down. And there's so many phases that you gotta go through in order to get to the point where you're even doing combos in the first place, whether regardless of whether it's a simple or a complex combo. So I think even that, the whole process of getting to learn a combo and be able to perform it under duress is part of what makes a game a deep, a deep game. There's so much that goes into these modern games, these modern fighting games, Guilty Gear Tekken, Street Fighter, Unist, uh, all of these games that take that take all this stuff, all these different mechanics, gauges, and Grand Blue, in Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. There's cooldowns for your special moves, 
You know, there's there are cooldowns. So that's another thing that you just kind of add, just add to it to make the game more and more and more deeper. So I think, yeah, there are a lot of things that contribute to making the game a lot more deeper than just complex combos. There's all the, and I think the more, the further we go along, the more we'll be able to expand that. I think, I think that's what's really going to be great going forward is seeing how creative developers can get when it comes to all these other things uh, within the game. You know, both of what you guys said are just, is right on the money. And it just, it just leads to my answer and just that fighting games is just a genre in itself that is just complex. Like that's, that's just what it is. Like we're out of all the different games and stuff that we play, like fighting games are the most complex out of all of them. One thing that I, I've always uh, thought with fighting games is just that, man, like with these games, there's so much you have to keep in mind when you're playing the game. Like there's so much that you have to know and that you have to like having it back in your mind, always watching the screen and all this other stuff to just actually play the game like when you when you look at all these terminologies and stuff that it's that's in games like when you're playing these games you legit have to know this stuff to be the best player that you can be like when people talk about stuff like baiting teching okies mix-ups you know and all this other stuff like you really have to know what this stuff is and be able to have it in the back of your mind of what it is so the possibility that you could do it in optimal situations but also at the same time making sure that you know what it is because you're trying to make sure that you know your opponent is not setting you up in a position where you can get done by these things and also at the same time like you know with fighting games you really really have to know like fighting games is a genre where you can't just be like i'm just worried about what i'm doing like i'm gonna study and you know pay attention to what i'm doing and that's all I'm gonna need when you can't do that. Cause like when you play, when you're playing fighting games, you have to know matchups. You have to know what your other opponents are doing. Like you have to know what these other characters are capable of. You can't be like, I play Ken, I play Ryu and everybody else sucks. You know, you just, you just can't be like that. Like you have to know these other characters or you're going to find yourself in situations to where everything's a, a surprise for you. And you're just like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know. It's like, you needed to know that, you know? So um, that's another, it's just so much to keep in mind with fighting. And then he touched on like, you know, you have gauges and critical arcs and all these different special types of things characters can do. Like, it's, it's like uh, Arthur said on one of the older episodes, could you imagine like a newbie getting into Capcom versus SNK2 and it's like 50 different gauges for you to choose from. And you really got to know like how to go into all those different ones to figure out what they can do. But also at the same time, you got to know how each character utilizes each one for their own special uses and stuff like that to be able and it's just like 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 hey bro like i, I just came here to press some buttons and, and have a good time to the point where fighting games could be like even games that we'll look at like the naruto games the ninja storms they're more so arena fighters but, but people would say like oh man those games are just smashing triangle and then hitting square 
you know, like, but even then, like, you have to know, like, stuff in that genre to where it's, like, the, the execution of the combos and stuff might be easy, but at the same time, like, you have to know, like, what these different moves, what each character is doing, like, the strategies that each character can do, how they can utilize different things, like, making sure that you kind of know the game front and back to make sure you don't get caught in situations where people are doing something that you're just like, I have no idea what's going on, like, what are they doing? and stuff like that so it's 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 like so like fighting games is one of the most like fighting games is like you know the chess of like you know all the different genres and stuff like it's just so much you have to keep them it's so many mind games going on it's so much you have to know it's so much you have to be aware of it's it's like it's like you just have to if you want to be successful in it so i just think fighting games are just innately complex even if you have like yeah the execution of combos can make it harder but innately i just think fighting games is just a complex genre in general so the nature of the beast so anybody else have anything to add well fighting games this one you you have to know how to get up in fighting games that, that's that's a tell you all you need to know like you just can't be like oh i got knocked down let me get up depending on how you get up you might get knocked down again or you might die Especially like 3D fighters, taking a soul caliber. Yeah, if you don't get up the right way, you're gonna die. So it's it's like that that says a lot right there about it. Like not even just like I gotta know what to do when I'm standing up, but I gotta also know what to do when I'm on my back is on the ground. So yeah, I think also in addition to that, the matchup, the matchup thing that Rexon touched on is really important. I've actually been in that situation where. I've not known what to do, and that's nobody's fault but mine. And because ma knowing matchups, it's not easy to learn a matchup. First off, you have to have the character because remember, in the age of DLC, it's not like all the characters come with the game anyway. And then in addition to that, you have to take the time out to sit down, figure out some of the moves, especially if you've already played against that character, you got to figure out, okay, what are the moves that give me the most problems? What are the moves that I see the most? What are their... If anybody's ever gone on the internet and looked up in terms of Tekken or any game, but specifically, I'll, I'll, I'll stick to Tekken because this is what I've done this for Tekken, is the top 10 most utilized, with the top 10 moves that are used for that specific character. So, you know, you go and you look and see, okay, what's the, what are the best 10 moves for this character? And you say, okay, this character does this move, this move, this move, this move. Then you go and you try it out and you say, okay, I've seen this move, I've seen them do this move. I haven't seen them really do this move, but it's top 10, so you're gonna have to learn it anyway. So the most important thing, I think, in terms of that is to take out the time in order to learn that. But that, like, that's another, another added depth into the game. You have to know the other characters. It's not enough to just know your character. You always have to know all the other characters. Otherwise, you're going into every fight blind. And it's it's a, that's okay if you're just playing your friends and stuff like that. But if you want to be a hardcore competitor, at some point, you have to learn that stuff. You know, I remember when Lord Knight came on the came on the show, and we were talking about frame data. And I think my opinion on that has changed since then. I feel like frame data is a lot more relevant than I gave it credit for. There are a couple I've started playing, especially like Soul Calibur, there are moves that I can see that I've seen and I know the data for. So I know, okay, if they throw out this move and I block it, they're going to get hit by this move next. They are going to get hit by this move. There is nothing they can do. They shot their shot. It's, 
and it's, it stinks to be you, but now you're getting hit by these these big feet, and you just you just do the marching move with Astaroth where he put where he stomps on your head. I, I do that all the time. It's a fast move, and it punishes a lot of stuff. Before, I didn't even know that that was an option to do because I was, well, of course, why would I do that move? You do that move because the frame data supports you doing that move. That's just the, that's just the thing you do, 3K. They did that move, 3K. They did this other move, 3K. They tried to sidestep, 3K. Uh, it's just, you know, you gotta know the frame, you, you, don't, you gotta know the frame data. It's important that you know the frame. You don't have to be a, not necessarily a number cruncher, but that's just another added depth. You know, one one thing somebody put on, it was a true bellion, uh, I think put it on Twitter was, cause we always have to go and investigate as players, we always have to go and investigate and find out the frame data. But he was saying the developers already have the frame data. So how come they just don't put that in the game from day one? You already have that. So why don't you just implement it from the start? But that's, that's a topic for another time. But yeah, it, it is, all of these things, there's all these different things that are both in in the foreground and in the background that contribute to making these games such so so deep. And yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. I don't really have anything else to say other than all these things, all, all these all these different components that make these games so de uh, so deep. You know. And then the thing about matchups is like you can know a character, but then you have like people that like. Three different people can play the same character three different ways. Yeah. So it's like you gotta learn like that character three different ways. Like I remember Devin was talking about uh Marvel versus Capcom three once when we was talking about is it like the most, you know, stylistic or like expressive game that you could play? Mm -hmm. And it was like, could you like do you imagine like can you remember like the customizations and all the different things you could do with like all those characters and making so many different teams and everybody playing them so many different ways? And it's just like, bro, like, I got to keep up with all this. Like, I got to know what they doing with all this. Like, even people, like, characters that you're like, oh, man, like, th those are the scrub characters. Those are the low tiers. Nobody's playing them. And then next thing you know, they coming in with, you know, the Iron Fist squad, and they're just doing some type of stuff. You're like, man, I ain't prepared. Nobody played this dude, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's just like... You know, it's it's just like having to adapt in fighting games, you know, is, is also another thing. So, you know, just keep, you have to know so much with fighting games. That's why, you know, with me, like, you know, it, it's kind of difficult to like, there's so many games like being like in, you know, doing input output and working in TV, FGC, like you really want to like keep up with like all the games and all the stuff, but it's really kind of difficult, especially like when you're trying to get into understanding the play styles of all the games and the different characters and stuff. It's a lot of work. So, but yeah, if that's all we have, we can move on to the next topic. All right. So our next topic is should PCs really be the main system for fighting games or should we stay on consoles? You know, when it comes to tournaments and stuff like that, we know we more so stay with consoles yeah, because I just feels like it's, it's easier for the tournament organizers to, not have to worry about like you know a bunch of different computers up the plug-in just messed up on this you got to restart just and it can be a problem with a computer just like eh, you know i just want to be restarted just restart me you know <laughs> i guess it's just a lot of stuff to worry about with pcs but 
when it comes to like consumer it seemed like for a while a lot of people was just saying like man you know we need to play on pc we need to play on pc you know the whole pc master race thing with fighting games do you feel like it should be something that like you know it's a better experience people should be playing them more on fighting games or do you feel like there's benefits to staying with consoles so starting with you mr gaming but how do you feel about this Oh, absolutely. We should switch over to PC, uh, PC master race for life. Uh, if you don't own a PC that can play stuff, uh, that's your fault. Uh, since I have switched over to a PC now that's decent, uh, I feel that I've ascended to a higher echelon of existence and it's just, you know, <laughs> it's what it is. If you don't have one, that's just on you. Uh, I can play my games now with a hundred thousand frames per second. If you can't, well, tough luck. It's just, why would you not want to play games at the highest quality that you possibly can? Why would I want to play Dragon Ball on a PlayStation 4? That archaic piece of hardware or PS5? <laughs> I mean, nobody has one. So, like, I would rather play it. I have mods. I can do all that. I'm just playing. Um, but, nah, it's uh, seriously, nope. It's just, it just, the logistics don't make sense. It's just too much going on. Um, one of the things about PC, the thing the, the thing with console, it just makes it so easy. They're, they're usually cheaper. Um and aside of that, some some decent PCs are actually fairly priced. Like you can find some PCs that can run some like most games, like like five to eight hundred dollars. Like so that's that's not too bad. Even a little lower. They have like little gigabyte things, I think are pretty decent. Um, but the only thing about it is the user accessibility. Like you got like and let's say if you're building a PC, that's even harder. That's an extra step. Um also uh transportability, like it's a lot easier for a console unless you get everything on a, on a uh, laptop or something. But the big rigs, I mean, they're they're fairly sized. They're like you know not the biggest in the world, but it's a rig is much bigger than a console. So that's just by default. But one of my examples, I bought Killer Instinct, one of the first fighting games I had on my PC, and it would not work. I just spent forty dollars, and it just wouldn't work. I was like, Oof. so imagine being somewhere at a tournament like you bought it. Oh well, oh yeah, we already got KI on the system. Yeah, I bought it, just started up, and it's like not today. And you just like, okay. And then all of a sudden, like a few weeks later, it started working. I'm like, all right. And then a few weeks later, it stopped working again. It hasn't worked since. I'm like, bruh. Like, so it's just like, it's, it's, it's just like, it's just like one of, even like, a, like, and it could be the smallest thing, like, oh, you got on some Ari, some LED lights that are on. So it won't work. Like, what? What do my lights have to do with the game? Like, so it's just, it's a lot of different things that, with PC, it's just like a hassle. Now, I mean, playing on it, it's, it's good. You know, it's it's fun or whatever. You, you know, some people out there, they love their frames per second. They love all these different stuff in the mods. But just realistically, I don't think that PC should be the standard just because of the fact that the, the user accessibility is so much easier to just download a game or buy a game and put it on the system. Normally with consoles, you don't have those issues of, oh, I, I, I installed a game and now it won't turn on. It won't work. Usually, I think not like at least probably I would say 98% of the time you buy a game for a console, you put it in, it works. So, yeah, I don't think that this is going to ever be the I mean, unless something changes, and also, like I said, the price. So, I mean, a lot of times, if you want to get something that's a little higher end, you know, you want to handle all the games, you might have to, you know, spend at least a thousand. You know, some of these, some of these uh rigs are getting expensive, the parts are getting expensive, depending on what you want. You know, like with the 380s a while ago, they were like $1,500, so that's. You know, my, my whole PC costs $1,500. So just for the graphics card alone. So depending on what you want, it's like, it's going to be pricey. What? 
Nah, man. man. Big ball. That's, that's <laughs> problem, some man. Some of these folks, some PCs out here probably like five to ten k. I've seen some in, insane rigs. I'm just like, that's just you know. So yeah, I, I don't think it's gonna become the standard transportability, user accessibility, all these different settings. You might you you know vsync all the different stuff you might have to turn off to make the game run smoother or whatever. Like they have all those different settings on PC on console. This all that's kind of like standardized. It's just like brightness and gamma or whatever. But when you go to PC, it's like V-Sync, anti-aliasing, grandma's biscuits, a couple of butter, <laughs> a of, uh, syrup. It's like all these different filters and like sliders. So it's just like it's just a lot more concise and a lot more digestible on console. I, I mean, something could change, but I just I just don't see that becoming a standard. I mean, like. I don't see going into a fighting game tournament and just seeing a bunch of rigs set up. You might have a, you might have a few rigs set up here and there for a few games. Maybe like some games that only run on PC, like Melted Blood or whatever. Um, but laptop, you see those people on just a regular laptop. They just be in the corner, so you don't even some games you don't even need something you know so extensive. And like I said, I, I, you know, for shooting games and stuff like that, and other games like you know the mobiles and stuff. That's obviously because that's what those they're played on. So you have to. But when it comes to fighting games. I just don't see that being a standard. So before we even started the show, I kind of touched on this. This is an issue I've thought about for a while. And I think at this point in time, there's just no point in PC being the standard for fighting games. Because back in the day, it used to be, not even back in the day, let's go back to last generation. Last generation, there were PCs um, almost undoubtedly were the best way to play a fighting game. By the way, uh, PC Master Race, okay. <laughs> I yeah, also yeah. I also subscribe to that to the PC. No, I'm playing. I I like having a PC, but at the same time, you've got to you see exactly. Oh, man, De Devin, do that again. Do that again. Do that again. Like show show us what you got there, bro. Like, look. There we go. There we go. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I I believe that last generation it was def almost on on. I would say you you couldn't even contend that PC wasn't better than consoles. But this generation, with the advent of the PlayStation Five and the Xbox Series X, things have kind of changed a little bit. So first off, there. Are, there are smaller PC builds that are pretty good. I remember MSI. I remember specifically a few years ago, there was this one lady that I used to play Final Fantasy XIV with that she had a PC that basically looked like a PlayStation 4. It was like a very a miniature build that looked almost like it was a PlayStation 4. But the thing about that is, is that in order to get a build like that, you got to pay a lot of money. You got to pay, you got to, got to put down those ducats. Like, like, like Devin said, you got to put down the money to even get that in the first place. So if you're somebody who wants to play games, if your only aim is to play video games and that's it, then your best, best bet is to just get a console. And in this case, there's no point, especially right now, because the consoles are so powerful right now. They're literally right there, almost neck and neck. I'm not saying they're exactly there, but they're pretty close to being as good as PCs, especially now that they've got solid state drives in them. Like they're, they're using solid state drives, which increases the, well, decreases the amount of time that you spend loading. 
I mean, and I know a lot of people hate that. They hate that. If you've ever loaded a fighting game on PlayStation 4 or God help you, Xbox, then you know that the load times can be abysmal. And you're sitting there waiting for the amount of time that it takes you to wait for a match. Somebody else on PC has already played two matches, at least. So you're getting to that point where you're sitting there just waiting and waiting and waiting for a match to start. You, oh man, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna, now you gotta go read a book. You might make yourself something to eat, go make a sandwich. You might wanna drive down the street and go get a Slurpee from 7-Eleven or something like that because honestly, you're gonna be waiting there for a while. And who could blame you, right? You, you would just want to play the game. You bought a console to play the game. That was last generation though. This generation, we got, we got consoles that load that stuff like that. And the, the, it's a new age. The future is now, old man. The future is now. And you have to acknowledge that consoles have come such a long way that they're legitimate, in my opinion, legitimate competitors with PCs on whether or not, the, the, like the speed of the loading. And, and since they're all pretty good at being uh, like the carrying and everything like that, like you can just put them in your bag, you can throw, put them in all you really need to have is the console, the cable, the power cable, an HDMI, and a screen. That's it. That's all you really need. And they don't take as much space as a PC, as far as I know. Like I said, there are micro builds, but generally speaking, the, the builds are, you know, in tower builds. And it's just better at this point to just stick to using consoles well, for carrying. Uh, I think people... I've gotten like controllers are getting to the point where they're pretty adaptable to most consoles. Like for instance, uh, Hitbox straight out the box is, uh, I, at least if I remember correctly, when I was using it, it didn't work to didn't work with Xbox, which is kind of messed up. But it did work with PC and PlayStation Four. So there are other new new what new controllers coming out. They're doing software updates, so the Hitbox is available to be used with other consoles as well. So it's there's almost no there's no downside to using all these different con controllers like the or the sticks and the fight pads and the hit boxes so there's really no point in trying to bring in pc right now especially when number one consoles are cheaper they're definitely way cheaper than buying a pc it's it's always been like that and it's probably going to be like that for a very long time the P consoles are plug and play you plug everything up and you play the game and that's what you want, especially at tournaments. You don't want to have to go through all this extra rigmarole. You just want to be able to put the console down, plug it in, connect your controller however you connect it, and then start playing the match against your person. And then win or lose, you go on to your next match. So in order to keep things, I think, close, because basically what we're going through now is if we're using these modern consoles, it's just a faster version of last generation. It's more, me and one of my buddies was talk, were talking about this. It's it's more about load times than anything because everything kind of visually is kind of keeping up. They're around the same level. So now it's load time, load time, load time. How much downtime is there between one event and the next? So I think PC is cool, but I don't. at this rate, it just doesn't seem likely that PC will be the standard for fighting games. Let's set the stage, shall we? We're at EVO come back you know we're in uh 2026 or whenever we'll be back we're at grand finals you know three fighter six punk the god is about to go up against taquito in the once in a lifetime matchup 
everybody comes up, you know, they didn't set up grand finals and everything. Everybody's plugging in their controllers and we're starting up Street Fighter. And it, you just get this random error message that says, can't play game, code XWMYK, element of P. And it's just like, what is this? What's happening? And everybody's looking like, I've never seen this before. What is this? The next thing, you know, you got to call the geek squad to come in. And, you know, they run in with their, you know, their little suitcase. And they go to the computer. They're digging into the settings. And then deep down up in the control panel, you didn't flip the switch where the, the computer asked you, did you have bacon for breakfast this morning? <laughs> and you forgot to click yes or no. And now your game won't work because you didn't do some random setting. You know, you didn't tell the computer you had bacon and eggs this morning. We know this stuff happened with PCs all the time. Like you could legit, like we, you could legit be editing something. Like just do 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 do, and then next thing you know, com your computer just flips out, just like just out, like it's just I ain't doing it, I ain't doing it. Like export the project, no, I ain't doing it, and it's like what? So you you're sitting here, you on Google trying to figure everything out in the world, like what is this? What's happening? Why is my PC doing this? And other people are just like, did you tell it that you had bacon and eggs this morning? You go do that. And then next thing you know, it's still not working. And you're just like, you know what, Muppet? Let me restart the computer. You restart it. It exports it like it was some grumpy child that just needed to take a nap or something. So it's it's just like this stuff happens all the time with PC. So when it comes to competition, I just don't like see, see it in fighting games. It happening. You like it's like Evan said, you just don't want them problems, man. Like. Like, like some days, peace, like, it's like we say with technology, it works until you want it to work, you yeah. know? And, and it's just like some rant, like just some random, out of the blue, like your computer throwing a temper tantrum stuff. Like, I just don't get it, you know, technology. So, but when it comes to consuming, you know, the question when it comes to like consumers, businesses always have to ask themselves is how easy is it for my, my customer base to consume my product. Like how easy is it for you to consume what I'm trying to give to you? And when it comes to PC, like it's harder for you to consume gaming than it is like on the PlayStation. Like, let's just say it's all on the, all the same systems. It's on PlayStation, Xbox, PC. It's it, the, the, the access to playing the games on PC is harder than it is the system. The, the systems mm -hmm. are cheaper. They're easier to come. Like, could you imagine, like, you know, I know people who buy PC rigs for their kids and stuff like that. But I could just imagine, like, when kids have problems with PCs, like, they don't, like, they don't know what to do. Like, they just, it's not like, you, you know, you're buying them, like, a PS4 or PS5. Like, I can't say there's ever been a time where I was playing a console where the console just wouldn't play my game unless it was just something wrong with the disc. Like, I messed up the disc. Like, it was just, like... If you put in your disc into a system and it didn't work, it was just almost like a phenomenon. Like, what the world is this? Like, I, like I, nothing I've ever heard of. But if it happens on a PC, it's just a Tuesday. I, I just don't really see it becoming, like, because it, it's just hard to get into. It's not as easy to consume. I mean, it's not much to say, like, these gentlemen have really, like, broke it down uh, way better than I can. But, you know, I just agree with their sentiments. It's just, it's just too... And I'm not saying PC doesn't have any benefits. Like Evan was saying, and all and, and the systems before, like you was getting a better experience with uh, the PC than you was with the consoles. So I'm not saying that, you know, PCs are bad, but I'm just saying like, it's not as easy to get into them, to access them. And then even when you do, there's so many things that can kind of get in your way 
enjoying your experience with the game so i just don't really see it like we're ever getting rid of consoles and stuff like that because pcs are just they're so complex they're they're really really complex so make sure you always tell your computer what you have for breakfast this morning <laughs> oh so, uh, anybody else have anything to add i just wanted to say first uh rigmarole sounds like a pokemon uh, <laughs> And also, that would be a hilarious skit to, or just something to see, like go to Best Buy. And, man, my computer, it, it just bugged out, man. It's, did you have a breakfast, sir? What? Did you have a breakfast? Thank you. All right, there you go. Like, what? Like, that, that would be hilarious. And also, I, I actually, it was, as soon as you were thinking about that, I was saying PCs are like children. Sit down. No. Sit down. Right now. No. Sit down. No. That's, that's what PCs are, man. And then they like, when they want to sit down, I was like, I'm going to sit down when I want to sit down. Like, yeah, now exactly. But <laughs> with the load time, you know, I think we got to appreciate load times, man. You know, bathroom breaks, man. You get a game, you finish the match, you right back. Oh, I, I, I got to use the bathroom. You like right back in it, man. You know, maybe maybe that's why Tekken is loading so long between matches. It's like, man, you don't give them time to go to the bathroom, go, go cook a steak real quick, and then come back and play the next match, you know. And it's funny that their, their, their slogan is, get ready for the next battle. So I guess that's like them telling you, hey, go do something real quick, because this yeah. ain't going to be quick. The loading thing to me, honestly, man, they know they that you need them bathroom breaks and tournaments. So, you know, it's all about how you perceive it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess you could, you could look at those differently, because some people could use, like, the loading time as, like, most people don't like loading times. Like, they like fast rematches. I do. But you could look at it as like, oh, I'm taking a mental break. That man just watched me. I, I, need, I need a second. But most people just go to the care select for that. You know, like that makes more sense than just loading screen. Yeah. Um, I'm not really one that's too, like, the loading times for this just past generation weren't just an issue for me, honestly. Now, you do have people that are just like, well, I need my load times to be 0.5 milliseconds. Like, and I, I get it. You want to get back to the action, but it's like, Let's not forget where we came from, man. PlayStation 1, we're going to talk about some load times. You sit there and see that little back of the disc on the screen. It's just like loading, now loading. Man, I, I'll take this over that any day, man. You you sit there, you might you can read a whole novel before some of them games loaded. Oh, uh, Crash Bandicoot on the PS2 in particular. The first one on PS2, that game, that game actually, I think Crash Bandicoot actually failed before he, you know, he's back now, but he, that game actually failed because of that game because the load times were like 10 plus minutes. Ooh. So, yeah, it was like, I thought you would think the game was messed up. It's like, nah, that's the game that's loaded. But the main thing I wanted to say was just the, the price gouging, gouging as well. Like with PCs, like oh, the yeah. PC that I built, the bill was only $1,000. But some of the parts I couldn't find and the ones that I did find, the prices were like hundreds more than mm -hmm. what they were with the video that I saw. I'm like, well, dang, this part was only $200. Now it's like $400. i am like, so that's also the thing. Like when you go, oh, I'm well, I saw this video of this build I want. I'm going to build this one. It's only $900. And you go look at all those parts and it's like, wait, this is adding up to $800, $1,800. Like this ain't the price guys, price gouging. So like even with those big expensive like uh, graphics cards, people going like, oh, if I can sell this for $3,000, $4,000, I will. Yeah, and people go. There's some people out there that's gonna buy it because they're probably people that are like, well, I need one thousand frames per second, two hundred and fifty hundred thousand megahertz screen. I need all that, man. You know, I can't play these games unless they're in the highest quality, man. So there are some people that's gonna do that. Like, as we've already established for fighting game, that's just not necessary. 
30 to 60 frames. We don't need it to, because with fighting games, actually, the, the higher the frames are, it's actually the worst because it makes the game super fast. So you don't need like insane frames for fighting games anyway, unless you're going to be playing at Sonic speed. I think, in terms of uh, loading, I think, yeah, we do have to remember where we came from, but at the same time, every time we we get a new console, we have to remember that we we got to pay a pretty penny for those, man. We should expect better performance every single iteration, you know? Every single iteration, it needs to be better to justify the price point. I think this this particular generation is as be is the best it's been. I think last generation, we had some issues. They weren't they were they were barely noticeable. They they weren't as noticeable, but we had issues. But now that we're kind of moving into the solid state version, some of these consoles now we're kind of, we're in a place where the expectations that we've had for the past past generation, even the generation before that, that we've always kind of wanted to get to this point where load times were like that. And I gotta say that if you if you gotta go to the bathroom, man, if you're in the middle of playing like sets with your friends. And you're saying, hey man, I gotta go to the bathroom. Don't hit that rematch rematch button, man. Don't just don't hit the rematch button. Go on away. Take your time. Take a deep breath. Go to the bathroom. Go go do what you gotta do. Go take a drink of water. Take take a drink of water. Deep breath. And get back on the sticks. So, yeah, man. Just take make sure that you gotta start doing that now because now the load times are fast. So you gotta you gotta take some time to stop and smell the roses and realize, ah, okay, I'm gonna be okay. I might have gotten perfected that last round, but everything's gonna be fine. I got my water here. I, I'm 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 having a good time, I think. And my controller's working halfway decently. I'm getting kind of mad, but I'm I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be okay. So in in this case now, there, we're we're almost being forced to take the take the burden on our upon ourselves to be able to sit down and rest and say hey i'm not gonna hit that rematch button now i gotta i gotta take a siesta real quick before i get uh, messed up again yeah we have to remember where we came from because load times back you know like Devin said back in those times they were pretty pretty heavy back then if you if you had like a bad disc man i'm telling you like you would be scared to even get to trend to get to points in the game where you just had to go through a door yeah, like, man, I'm gonna go through this door and be the last door I go through playing this game. So, <laughs> you know, them low times was something serious back then, man. Like, there used to be games, I forgot which games it was, but you used to like finish talking to, you used to like finish a cutscene, then it'll show like loading, and then the next thing you know, they're showing you like a picture or something like that. So, it's like you load it to a load screen, yeah, and then, <laughs> and then I'm going back into the game and stuff like that like how you load to a load screen but you know so it, it was pretty it was pretty it was pretty hectic back then like ps1 i mean even just booting up systems back then were like you know we look back on like the ps1 and be like man i remember those intros like the, uh, when you cut on the system it was amazing but thinking on it that was like a long time to boot up the system like <laughs> <laughs> so um but yeah, if that's all we have, we can move on to our next topic. So our next question is, if there was one like old fighter that you could bring back into like the scene, into the competitive scene limelight right now, which game would that be? So 
You know, right now we're focusing on games heavy like Street Fighter Five, Tekken Seven, um, Soul Calibur. You know, Grand Blue. All the games that are really kind of like in the limelight right now. Like, what old game would you bring back to be like? Okay, people are playing this. We're seeing it at tournaments and stuff like that. Which game would that be for you guys? So you can only pick one. So starting with you, Mr. Game and Live. What is your opinion on this? I, my my first thought was an older game, but I don't think it it didn't really have a a competitive scene until like years later, like in two thousand. So I guess it didn't really count. But I say Marvel two. I would like to see Marvel two back in the limelight, just to see the craziness. It being probably one of the catalysts for one of the biggest catalysts for like the continuation of the FGC's like you know stance and like their just their presence. Uh, that game was exhilarating, hype to say the least. Those are two words that would definitely describe it. You watch some old footage of that game; it was it was quite, quite the spectacle. However, just I would hope that there were certain things that be changed a bit with the competitive scene because that competitive scene was quite, they were quite passionate and driven and outspoken. <laughs> the game just it was dope to see it play at a high level. The first time I saw Marvel two play at a high level, I was just like. I don't, I don't even know how I felt because I, I played the game with my brother. My brother was fairly into it. Like, he was going to go to arcades and stuff, and, like, he was actually, like, learning the game at a higher level. And, I mean, at this time, I'm, like, what, 10, maybe, what, 9 to 10 when the game came out? And I'm playing. I, I got, like, I, what I felt like at the time with my skill level and my age, I felt like I was decent at the game. You know, I had my team, had a team, new combos with it and stuff. But when I saw, like, the game, how it was – play competitively like at the highest level i'm like what is this like like most games i've seen like most games that i played back then i was i had that same reaction like uh alpha 3 marvel 2 and just like you see it play it's like wow this is like i didn't even think this was possible marvel 2 would definitely be the game that i would like to see come back just to see you know just the hype for it, the infinite just the high octane action i know marvel 3 was a continuation of that but it was just like it was kind of a different vibe on nbc2 because you saw all these characters. I mean, first of all, we had, you know, a pretty big roster. Some of them were copy characters, but at least we had, like, a lot of X-Men, the characters that we miss now that we don't have, that we haven't seen in recent iterations of Marvel. You know, no, this last game, we didn't have Wolverine, hadn't seen Cyclops since 2, no Storm in NVCI. So it's like, if we could just get that feel back, just seeing those classic X-Men on the screen, you know, Cyclops, Jeep Strike, just all those different things, man, just... It was just—it was a really good game to see played. And I would even like to see some lower tier characters played out. There are some players out there that were like really good with some "quote unquote" lower tier tier characters, but you know they played against the the really good players so much and the really good characters so much they kind of like learn how to adapt. So I would definitely like to see NBC two kind of revive back itself, you know, kind of re- get resuscitated, and just to see how it was you know thrive in today's landscape. I know we still got there's still a lot of people that do it. I know Yipes he does like the bots. I think Battle of the Strongest. Uh, he does. He's done that. I think. Well, it's kind of been halted because you know COVID. But I know he's done that, kind of keeping the game alive, kind of having exhibition matches with people like Justin Wong and, and Sanford, a lot of other people that were really active into the game, like you know, like a lot of name G concepts, Chris Matrix, all those guys. So it's just like I would really like to see that happen, because I'm pretty sure it make a lot of them happy too. Like you know, Marvel Three was cool, but I think most people. Especially the, like the, the crowd that was that came from that era, they preferred Marvel 2, you know. So we could just kind of get that back and just see how it would kind of like 
you know, hold its own in today's environment with the fighting games, I would really like to see that. So Marvel 2 all the way for me. It's Marvel, baby. I want to take you. And also, some of the best music. Then just to hear that music again, the, the, the character select music, I want to take you for, like, beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. Man. You know, it's funny because the game that I would like to see come back is also a versus game. And the game that I would like to see come back would be Capcom versus Tatsunoko. I remember when Capcom versus Tatsunoko was coming out, I remember, I think I might've mentioned this before. One of my buddies, I was talking to them, I was like, hey man, you know, Capcom versus Tatsunoko is coming out on the Wii. And at that time I only had a 360. I think they uh, had an Xbox 360. So we're sitting there on 360 in an Xbox Live party talking about Capcom versus Tatsunoko. And my buddy in the chat is like, man, that doesn't concern us. I was like, oh, okay. All right, man, I understand you. I didn't know you felt so strongly about it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, that doesn't concern us. I was okay, man. All right, all right. So, I mean, and to some to some effect, he was kind of to some to a point, he was right. I mean, it didn't really concern us because it only came out on the Wii. It didn't come out on the 360, it didn't come out on the PlayStation 3. I don't think that game came out on any other console. But if you're somebody who has not gotten a chance to play Capcom versus Tatsunoko. I feel like I feel like you missed out a little bit. That game was really cool for a bunch of different reasons. Number one, there are of course there there were some characters that were in Capcom versus Tatsunoko that weren't that weren't hadn't been in Cap Marvel vs. Capcom 3 yet. Like Frank West and Soki and uh, there were a couple, you know, characters like that. Frank Frank West hadn't been in Marvel vs. Capcom at that point yet. So he that was his first as far as I remember, his first legit appearance in a fighting game. So I thought it was really cool because you have Rank Frank sitting there, he's got his camera. And one of his things was he was kind of like Jill Valentine from Marvel's Capcom 2, where she summoned zombies. And it wasn't, it would be like they have the zombies that kind of walk behind you, the zombies that are in the shopping carts and the zombies that kind of fly out of, fly, fall out of the sky. And it's great because he's sitting there and he's like Jill, where Jill's kind of like, she looks like, oh! Like she's like, she's like a, like a friendly zombie. But of course the zombies can hurt Frank. Like he can be hurt by the zombies, which I thought was an interesting touch to, to the zombies. But you know, he's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. This is, there's zombies everywhere. And of course you have the characters on the Tatsunoko side. Characters I'd never even heard of like Cash Hearn and Polamar that, and Joe the Condor, all these characters that you know, that moment, I'm, I've heard of Joe the Condor before, but there are all these characters that I would never have expected to see in a fighting game. Cash Hearn was cool, Polomar was cool. The There were some other ones that I can't remember. Karis, if anybody remembers the, oh, the Netflix, I think it was a Netflix movie, Karis. That was, that was, Karis was a character in Capcom, uh, Capcom versus Tatsunoko, and Karis was really cool. It's a really cool character. I was very, huh? Wasn't June the guy with the baseball? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was cool. I, yeah. See, there are so many cool characters in there. Batsu from Rival Schools was in that game. There are so many cool characters in that game that hadn't really gotten any shine outside of their original games at that point. I mean, this was—I think this was before Project Cross Zone. So they, Project Cross Zone eventually put all these different characters into the game, but it wasn't a fighting game. It was a strategy RPG. But at this point, all these different characters from Capcom and Tatsunoko clashing in Capcom versus Tatsunoko, I thought it was great. My brother bought it and we played the heck out of it. We played that game so much. Almost, 
I would almost say that, that I played that game almost as much as Rexon would say he played Capcom versus SNK too. That game was super good. It was a really good game and it really didn't get a whole lot of shine. It really didn't, there was no real spotlight for it. They, as far as I remember, there wasn't really that big of a, if, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, please, but as far as I remember, there wasn't that big of a competitive scene for it. I feel like that game never really got the attention it deserved. And I think that if I had a game, I wanted a game to come back, an old game, that would be the game. So not only, cause it, you're kind of opening yourself up to a bunch of different stuff when you buy a game like that, because it's not just some of the Capcom characters that you've never seen, but of course there's, in some cases, like, there's a whole side that you've never seen before. G Gold Lighten, uh, of course, Polomar, you know, Joe the Condor, I mean, there's so so many different characters in that game that I never heard Cash Hearn. Anybody, if anybody's in 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 the comments has ever seen or heard of Cash Hearn Sins, that is a pretty good anime for the for the most part. I heard that the second season one is, wasn't as good as the first one, but it's pretty good. Very actually kind of depressing, but Capcom versus Tatsunoko would definitely be my choice for the game to come back and make, really get its shine right now. Tatsunoko versus Capcom, I mean, that game was fantastic. I mean, like I said before in another episode, that was a game that made me get into these, you know, the versus series before when I played like Marvel versus Capcom 2. I was like, this is too much going on. It's like a million things on the screen at one time. I'm intimidated. I'm scared. Where's my mom? You know, I, I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't handle all that stuff. So, you know, Tatsunoko versus Capcom was definitely the game that helped me get back in there, man. Like, with all those Tatsunoko characters, that game was great enough to where, like, you know, being Americanized, sometimes when you, you see, like, things you weren't used to, like, other characters would be from, like, different games and stuff, you kind of just be like, oh, that's not Street Fighter. That's not that. I want to play that. That game was so good, it made me want to, like, look deeper into Tatsunoko, like, characters. So that that game was amazing. And, you know, I, I say we had to have one, but I mean, you know, I never have one on situations like this, so I have a few. But I'm going <laughs> to just use, like, you know, one main one, though. But, like, you know, I, I kind of want to say Melee because it's just, like, how Nintendo is trying to nuke the whole scene. Like, they just want it. Like, they just trying to, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger on a mission terminate it. So that's horrible. That's one thing I had, you know. KOF 13, I'd love to see that come back because it's just like that game, like that game is so beautiful. Like it is so beautiful. And it's like when I used to watch, you know, the grown men, Devin and, you know, James play that game like that. Like it was, it was just amazing. Like I can't even just put into words, like just how, like how great of an experience it was, was just for to sit down and watch that game. Another one is Tekken Tag Tournament 2. Like, that game was fantastic. Like, just amazing. But my overall number one answer would be uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Like, I, I just want to see that come back. I wasn't really there to experience 2 like that. Like I said, it used to make me run to my mom and, and cry, you know, just holding out my hands. Like, just like, I'm not worthy. But, you know, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 was just like, that game was like Dylon, bro. Like, I, I just missed the times when we used to watch tournaments like and you knew at the end of the night it was gonna be Street Fighter Four and Marvel versus Capcom three. Like that was it. That that like do you remember the time? Like it, that was the time, bro. Like <laughs> it was it was lit then. Like you just know like no matter which one came on, whichever one ended the night, you knew the last two games were gonna be flames. 
you know, so I'm not, I wouldn't say like Street Fighter 4 because, you know, 5 would suffice, but we don't have Marvel versus Capcom, period, right now. Like, bring back 3. So, you know, that that's the game that I, I'd say overall I'd want to bring back. Like, it, it was just fascinating. It was it was like you, you was guaranteed to see something new every night, some crazy stuff happening every night. People always finding out some new stuff. It was just stellar fighting game, game, <laughs> like just... Like it was amazing, so you know that that was that would be my answer. Marvel versus Capcom three. So you know, anybody else have anything to add? Our next topic: when we think about functionality and characters being like viable in a game, you know, that's what we really you know place and we see when we place characters like in tier levels, like they're top tier, they're low tier. They're mid- How viable are you again in amongst all the other cast? So, so thinking of that, what's the worst character that you could think of when it comes to like how they function, how viable they were in gameplay? Like, like you played this character, and it's like they're not even a joke character or anything, but you're just like, how in the world am I? Like, why is this character in this game just meant to take an L? Like, you pick this character, you're actually gonna lose. So, you know, starting with you, Mister Gaming Lil, what character is that for you? I just thought about my answer. I just changed it. I want to say Vega from Street Fighter 4. It was just... The character, compared to all the rest of the cast, like, he struggled, especially when the game first came out, he struggled tremendously. They kind of buffed him here and there. He had a lot of issues, like, low damage output. Like, usually, like, all his combos are, like, one-frame links. Like, all of his harder combos did no damage. It's just, like, he just... He just really wasn't, like... You look at characters, like, at the time, like, Ryu and... Uh, Kuma and Sagat, they're just like, hey, I can do what I want, I'm going to touch you, you're going to die. And it's like, Vega just sitting there like, I have nothing, I cannot do anything. Like, his super, his ultra at one point, like, would just point blank just miss, like, it would just go through him, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. If you did his flying Barcelona move to the wall, if you, if they jumped in front of you, he the move missed, so you basically wasted a bar of meter. He wouldn't get to the wall. He could also be hit out of it. He could also be hit out of his ultra, like on the way up, like BP'd out of it. Like, so I just wasted my whole. I I took. I've been getting beat to get this, and then I got beat out of it, and I still can't use it. So it's just like his 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 move. Like he had great pokes. Like that's it. That was his strength. His his pokes. His footsies were pretty solid. Like, but that's really kind of all he had. He had you know car car grab, but his car grab sucked in comparison to like Ken's, who could just like. Who grab you from like half screen with that stupid jet? Like I don't know, I don't know what he's saying, but he it just made me mad because he could grab you from so far. So I, whatever he was saying, I just I get salty when I hear it. Throw you, yeah. It just he just suffered for so long, man. They they he got some buffs there here and there, but he still just wasn't. He's not like Street Fighter Five Vega. Like Street Fighter Five Vega is a lot more viable. Um, yeah, Street Fighter Four Vega was just it was a struggle fest, man, for a long time. And then, of course, he's a charge character, so that makes it even worse. Like, you already have this going against you and your charge character. I mean, it's super at the time with that stupid charge, half, down, back, down, forward, down, back, up, forward input. So it's like, I like the character. I played and That's what I main for the majority of Street Fighter Four. but it was a hassle, man. You just had to do so much to just get so little. And it was just almost, almost kind of like how Fang felt at first and how he still kind of feels in Street Fighter Five. That's what I was gonna say, but I feel like Fang is a he was he's kinda like the new joke character. Like he's, he's goofy. Two minutes like 
I, f- I feel like he was like the new Joe Carrot in the game. I would say Rasheed, but I don't think Rasheed was supposed to be the Joe Carrot. He's like a, a goofy guy, but I think Fang was definitely more of a joke. He flies in the air like a bird. His super is like a bird. Yeah, Vega. Vega all the way. It just it, it it just boiled my blood so many times when I just get hit by stuff, and I'm just like, bro, I just got hit out of this move. I wasted meter for no reason. It, it was a struggle, man. His anti-air was like okay. Like he wastes meter for, but it wasn't like I don't think fully invincible. It was it was a struggle fest, man. You get hit once and you die, or, or twice and you die, and you you got to hit them like thirty thousand times. Yeah, you had he had like moments of like burst momentum. Like if you if you play it right, he can like kind of run over you in certain instances. But for the most part, you were just getting dragon punched out of your ultra. So Vega is my answer. Character deal was just kind of like. So I kind of have two answers. And they're both in the same game. And I feel like one of them has to be mentioned before the other. So the runner up is Sean from Third Strike. So when I started playing Street Fighter 3 Third Strike, I remember I was I, I saw Sean, I was like, man, that character, he looks like a cool character. And almost right off the bat, my buddy who got me into the game was saying, Yeah, Sean sucks. He's bad. I was like, What? Really? Yeah, man. And I was wondering, was he always like this? So he was always a bad character. And apparently, I didn't play the first, I didn't play New Generation or Second Impact, but apparently, before Third Strike, Sean was actually a pretty good character. He was a very good character, actually. And they, I guess what happened was is that he couldn't be better than Ken and Ryu, or as good as or better than Ken and Ryu. So they scaled him back a bit to make him a worse character, which is a shame, by the way. It's... That is very, very, very disgusting, I'll say, because he is a, he's a really cool-looking character. He is, He's Ken's student, so it only makes sense that he would kind of he would kind of take in Ken's style and then re, reformulate it a little bit to make a better style. I'm not saying that he necessarily has to be better than Ken, but I think I don't think it's far-fetched to say that he would be a good fighter because he trains with Ken. Uh, it, it's in fact the, the fact that they have him be so bad later on and if you've ever played to the end of his arcade his arcade scenario where he gets to the end and you beat Gil it turns out oh well it was just a dream he, he didn't do anything he got beaten up he basically I don't know when he when he lost but I, I assume that they're kind of like oh well he just lost in like the first couple rounds or something like that but it's very very disconcerting because I, I really I thought Sean was a cool character. Some of his moves were cool. A lot of them seemed viable when they weren't. His dragon punch wasn't as good as everyone else's. Uh, everybody else's kind of went up to an angle and would uh, could get jump ins pretty easily. His kind of had a a, a, a bot a hitbox above him instead of ab- up towards the enemy, which uh, which really kind of annoyed me. His uh, tornado kick. The only the only thing I ever did with that tornado kick was basically what I used to do with Rashid when I started playing the game. I would do the kick, hoping they block it, and then I would grab them, and that was it. That was my strategy. I did tornado. Then they're like, "Oh man, I'm gonna do something." Nope, I'm grabbing you. Of course, that only takes you so far. But but Sean is the runner up, like I said. The character that is pretty much like a joke to me, without being a joke character, of course is 12. Jo- 12 is a joke character. Not in, not necessarily in, because like Sean kind of is a joke character in, especially in Third Strike in terms of form and fashion. 
but 12 seems like it's supposed to be a, a legitimate threat, like a legitimately threatening character. And just not, just, just not a threatening character. I've said this before, it, and this is a sentiment me and my buddy, uh, a landslide share, is if your best move is transforming into somebody who's not you, you are a bad character. If that is your that is your super and that's your best move is not being yourself, then congratulations, you are a bad character. Twelve is horrible, horrible character. I have never had a good experience playing that character. I'm not even sure that I've won a match playing that character before. I know I know that there are people who have, and hats off to you. But I've never won a match like a legitimate match where I'm like, all right, we're gonna we're going ham. We're gonna nah. I've never won a legit match. I've won legit matches with Sean, but never with 12. Now, maybe you might say that that might speak to my skill as a player, which you may or may not be right. You know, I might just be a bad 12 player, which is entirely possible. But, but I'm just saying that if in order to win a fight, I shouldn't have to transform into a completely different character in order to win. I shouldn't have to, like, I'll put it this way. If you're playing as 12 and you're losing and you transform, you turn to Sean and you win the match, something is wrong there. Something is very, very, very wrong. So it, that that's basically my, my two-pronged answer. I think Sean will be runner-up, but definitely the grand prize winner, uh, in my opinion, will be 12 because he is awful. Well, it is awful. And like I said, he's supposed to, he's not a joke character within the story. He's not a joke character. It doesn't seem like it's supposed to be a joke character within his game mechanics or the fighting style. It, it seems like he's supposed to be a threatening monster. He's got the where he flails his arms around and he makes the blades and everything like that. He's supposed to be a legit threat. And I just never felt it. I just never felt like 12 is a legit threat. I, I mean, the first time I played him, I'm like, oh my God, against somebody who's playing him, I'm like, oh my God, what is that? And then afterwards, it's like, huh, never mind. <laughs> it's just 12. So. That would definitely be my answer. I think Sean and then 12. But Sean is Sean second place, 12 grand prize winner. You know, one game that I played the most to where like I, I just feel like I could really just give an opinion, and I'm pretty sure somebody will come in here and even say, like, even that opinion sucks, but you know what? Smash Brothers Brawl was a game that I played like a lot to where it was like you kind of got a feel of what characters you were you know you could you could not do stuff with and really like in smash brothers in general like the game is so fast paced and stuff like that like you know i remember bowser when he was first in ultimate that dude was slow as garbage but then as you started getting into like the other games they sped him up like he started getting fat but really i just like man like when Brawl came out, if you were really playing, like, heavy characters, you you were just, it was an uphill battle for you, bro. Like, it, it was, I mean, the, like, Smash is a game that's just moving. Like, stuff is moving. It's a bunch of stuff happening. It's a lot of stuff going. You got to be able to react. And you can't be that person to where, like, when you run and stop, you're, like, sliding for five seconds to stop and hurry up and go the other way and stuff like that. Or when you throw out your moves, it takes forever for your charge move to come out and recover. And so, like, you could not do that. So two characters that, you know, one character I played that I just felt like every time I, it was like an uphill battle, one was Donkey Kong. Like, I used to love playing Donkey Kong. Like, love playing Donkey Kong to Smash Brothers Brawl. But it's like, you just knew, like, when you played Donkey Kong, like, 
you was just gonna get to a point where like i'm surviving at 130 percent like real fast your percentage is going up real fast like it's going up like it's it's almost like no avoiding it like you too big you too slow it's too much going on you finna get the business you finna win based off strategically like getting all strong hits and then when it got down to like one-on-one one-on-one when you're playing like somebody who actually knows what they're doing you 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 should have to do some serious dancing out there for to get this stuff for to go your way. So, but I think the number one character that I'd say in in brawl that it was like Ganondorf, like that, like he was so slow. Like he he was very very powerful. I mean, like kill a person. Like you hit somebody with a stern elbow right in the esophagus, you can kill them at like you know thirty five forty, like over with. But I mean, who's just gonna sit there and watch you the whole time? Like nobody's gonna sit there and do that, you know. So it it was just like mad hard playing with Ganondorf. He would everything was slow, like everything. Like even when he did his down B, is just when he like you know do his uh, magical kick across. It's like it's just going slow. Like it sounds slow. Like it just everything about him was slow, and it was just like you just knew you were gonna. If it was like a stage of four people, you getting beat to sleep, man. Like you, you just you you taking this high damage, and it, it it was just it was just hard to maneuver around with these characters, like slow characters and brawl. Like it just wasn't happening, and they sped them up as games like went on and stuff like that. But and before we got to like Project M and all that other stuff, man, I'm telling like in brawl, it man, like Donkey Kong and Ganondorf, like it was. You just knew it was going to be an uphill battle. You just knew when you picked those characters, it's like, okay, this is just a challenge for me. It's like, I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I'm trying to win, but this is more so like a trial mission or something. Like, you know, <laughs> I ain't expecting to win, but I'm expecting to go in here and hit a few people with some some strong, you know, my uh, neutral beat, you know, hopefully get some funny moments, but I'm, I'm probably not going to come out on top in this. So especially yeah. like one-on-one, like you and another guy, y'all going one-on-one, and like, nah, you, you finish. Somebody had like Squirtle or Meta Knight or something like they finna eat you up, bro. So you know those those were uh, picks. Well, number one was uh, Ganondorf, but yeah. If anybody else have anything to add, oh yeah, and uh, Vega sucking in Street Fighter Four. He was supposed to be Vega. So, <laughs> anything to add? Um, I agree with Ganon because he was my one of my favorites in uh, Smash. Ganondorf, he's one of them characters where you have to like. To, to be good with him in that game, you got to learn, like, the advanced stuff because it, it is, like, I, I hated how they just made him a clone character with Captain Falcon, which was stupid. Um, they kind of changed him up more now. He actually has a sword, which I don't know why he hasn't had a sword of magic. He's literally a warlock. Like, just make him a copy of Falcon is just so lazy. But that's that's what Smash, that's what they're known for now, Echo characters. Yeah. But, yeah, he, he, he was... It's like you had to play very specific. Like once I saw, I saw like high level Ganons, I'm like, oh, that's how you have to learn master movement. You got to master wave dash. You got to master just footsies basically to be good with that character. Like you got to make all those hits count. Cause you know, he, he had like a truck, like even his regular, like his normals just hit like just insane. His tilts like, bro, why are you doing this type of damage with just a tilt or just a jab? So it, is, it, it was a struggle though. He's so slow. He's, Running across the stage like this, why is he so slow? This man was literally flying in the game in Zelda. This man was flying in the air. High. <laughs> like he, uh, it's like that. I think it was more a testament to just how they just made him so feel so nerfed. It's like it's Ganon. This was get he put all of Hyrule in darkness. 
and he getting smashed like like I don't I don't get it, man. He he has he knows magic. He you know he can turn into other creatures. So why just make him just seem so limited? That was my my yeah. biggest issue with Ganon. But I, I do agree with Rex on that, that it, it was it was tough for him. You had to you had to put out all the stops to just you play efficiently. Yeah. Like when I, I play the character, and you, you look at high level Ganons, you're like, okay, you you gotta you gotta be Stephon Curry with the with the controller to, to play him <laughs> efficiently. So it's just like, and it, like I say, just still suck. He's just a copy of uh, Falcon. I just just hated that man. Yeah. And also, Vega is, is a great character, so I just want to clear that up as well. He should be uh, trash. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know the thing about like Raw was. I, I mean, to, in my opinion, most of the characters in that game were kind of clown shoes anyway, because they had they had the <laughs> trip mechanic where people would just like would be randomly just fall down. It's, 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 <laughs> and then you get smashed off the screen because they just they randomly tripped over like an invisible rock. All right, I'm gonna. Uh, 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 like those were. You know what? I think that is what. The Falcon Punch and the Ganondorf Punch were made for people tripping in Brawl. Somebody tripping, you're just waiting for, yeah, I know he's going to trip eventually. I know he's going to trip eventually. Ugh. Especially when people trip in midair. How do you trip in midair? You just, I'm not even sure how that happens. What are you tripping on? What exactly are you tripping on? You just like, ah, uh. Strong Dude, by the time Ganon got his punch out, you could trip three times. <laughs> oh. but yeah, I've, to me, screaming stuff like that. He's, he's just screaming like he just. Like, what type of? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I don't know, man. I, I think the whole that whole roster was kind of clown shoes because of that trip mechanic. To be honest, but you just see a whole bunch of people running around trying to fight each other, tripping, just randomly tripping. Uh, uh, it made me wonder why did you put this mechanic in the game? What what was the point other than making everybody angry because <laughs> that's all it ever really did was just make people mad even for I, a party game that was horrible like even for a party game that was horrible like tripping yeah. like uh, even if, like, even for fun like that's horrible like i lost for no control of mine like exactly like they didn't do anything they should have just made it like taking it far to the point where like you trip off all over the stage you couldn't save yourself you just have to die mm-hmm. like you ran he was, ah! Like there was no upbeat, there was no jump. There was like you had to just. I, I that would have been cool. I would have accepted that. It was like if, if you trip on the stage, okay, you can say it. But if you tripped and fell over the stage, you just lost the stop. I'm like, man, with Gannon, like man, if they got you off the stage with Gannon. That was about a guaranteed over. If people knew what to do with you when you got off yeah. the ground, like got you off the, it was about a guarantee over, like. Like his overview, it was like he wasn't going nowhere with that. It just like you know, he ain't going nowhere with that. And then his up B is kinda like if if they just hit you too far, like vertical horizontal, it's like it's over with, man. Yeah. Like just like just just go ahead and sit the controller down and just think yeah. about what's gonna happen on next uh next life. So Yeah, exactly. Just get ready for next stock. Man, that's horrible. It's like, terrible. Yeah, them big characters in Brawl, it, it was pretty Donkey Kong was a little better. Like, you know, his 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 upbeat would travel, you know, so he was a little but man, like Ganondorf, it was it's pretty disgusting. Uh, <laughs> so, 
But if that's all, we can move on to the next topic. Uh, Vegas still trash. Wait, Rexon, before we continue, I want to ask you a question. I want you to answer this seriously. This is a serious question. But uh, who do you think is worse, Vega or Skullomania? Oh, Skullomania. <laughs> <laughs> that dude just, you know, we've had plenty of episodes on him. I'm sure we'll have more in the future. There's Kuma in, in the suit. Cause don't Skullomania have a raging demon? Does he? Yo, he does. He does have like a raging demon type move. I don't know if you have to be blocking, if you can hit him while they're blocking, but yeah, he definitely has moves like do, 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 oh, and then he pause, uh, poses at the end. <laughs> yeah. It might and be a cool move with that guy has the best raging demon. Says so what? Guy has a raging demon? A best raging demon? Yeah. Yes, proves that guy has the best raging demon. Like, you know, he did a video where, like, he'll do the Raging Demon, but somehow he'll show you what happens behind all the lights and flash and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And Okuma's really just standing there, just in his ending pose, just waiting for the flash to end. Oh. Like, guy, he's act, like when guy grabs you, he's actually whooping you behind all the flashing and stuff like that. Oh. So, the guy's Raging Demon was always cool. You could, He could hit you with that in the air, couldn't you? Oh, could like, he? I thought I think you could do it in the air, but I can't remember. Probably the alpha, but I don't he couldn't in four. That's pretty disgusting. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, he always had a he always had the best raging demon. Even back then, like I was like, Yeah, that's better than Okuma because I just can't lie. <laughs> yeah, so we can move on to our last topic. So our last topic is can you imagine an FGC without Capcom? Many people have said that the FGC really owns where it owes where it is now, the Capcom. I mean, it's really started the whole fighting game trend with Street Fighter. It saved the fighting game community and the fighting game genre with Street Fighter Four. Mm-hmm. Um, is always is always giving us games that we love, you know, Street Fighter Four, Marvel versus Capcom, Capcom versus SNK. You know, we like you could just think back to all the memories and all the things that Capcom has done for the fighting game community. Do you think, like, can you honestly imagine a scene without Capcom in it? Starting with you, Mister Game and Lil. I could imagine a scene without Capcom in it, but I, I don't know if this scene would be as, um, I don't know if it would be as uh, far or deep rooted as it is now. Because I mean, you had other stuff like. At that time, like Mortal Kombat was pretty popular. And I would say almost more, maybe as popular as Street Fighter, especially like one and two. All the way, like one through three was just a craze. Like people were losing their mind over Mortal Kombat. And Street Fighter 2 was popular, but, you know, they didn't make like a new one until, you know, the next Street Fighter game was Alpha, the Alpha game. So I think MK would have probably held it down. You would have games like. SNK probably would be more prevalent because I feel like SNK always was like played the, the little brothers to Capcom and then just how they did their games. Like, obviously, some of their characters were inspired from Street Fighter characters. So it's like you kind of put yourself in that position to be the little brother if you just like kind of blatantly take. Well, I guess later on, they kind of Capcom did some of that too with certain characters like El Forte seemed to definitely be like Ramon copy. But I think SNK probably could have, you know. Help keep it alive. Tekken, and look at Namco. They're big in the fighting game. So I, I think you still see LGC. I just don't maybe know if it would be as, as big. Because Street Fighter was like, I feel like Street Fighter and MK were the two. Those were the two. Maybe what I, I say, if there was no MK, it, it probably, I would say, it would be a lot harder. 
But since that was a Mortal Kombat, and Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat was just as hype and just as critically acclaimed and sought after as Street Fighter was, I think you still could have would have seen a, a FGC without Capcom. But again, like I said, there there are a few games that I do think were really pivotal. Street Fighter Two, of course, but like Marvel Two, I feel like there's like pivotal, uh, pivotal games: Street Fighter Two, Marvel Two, and Street Fighter Four. I think those are the three Capcom games that are just like pivotal. In fighting game community, <laughs> one, because Street Fighter 2 was like, at the time, like, one of the games that started the whole big craze along with Mortal Kombat, and Marvel 2 was like the big versus game. Like, you know, you had other versus games before it, Marvel Superheroes versus Street Fighter, X-Men versus Street Fighter, that type of stuff. But Marvel 2, I feel like, was the big versus game and just kind of set, like, set the versus scene on fire. And then Street Fighter 4 was the one that kind of brought it back into the fray when fighting games had just like almost disappeared completely back in the 2000, early 2000 or mid 2000 era. So I think you could see a FGC without Capcom, but I don't know if it would be maybe as mainstream or as popular as it is now without Capcom, just because of those, they probably had some of the most pivotal fighting games to just kind of keep the scene going. I would say without Capcom, it probably even more niche than we already are. But like I said, I I think that maybe MK and like Technica kind of still keep that uh you know fire burning. It just won't be as popular. Because I mean, a lot of people like Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat is popular. If we look at Mortal Kombat, like people, a lot of people just buy Mortal Kombat because it's Mortal Kombat. Like they don't even you know really care. I mean, it still has a lot of people like in the FDC to take it you know seriously. So I, I think that if it would be one game that I think could could keep that torch held up in the sky, it would probably be Mortal Kombat. If there was no Street or no Capcom, period, it would have to be. Well, at that time it was Midway. Now it's in our risk, but yeah, it would have to be Mortal Kombat or Tekken, and possibly like I said, SNK. I, I feel like SNK. Mainly, it's reason for not shining as much is because of Capcom. Like I said, I feel like it plays the second fiddle to Capcom because a lot of people always compare it to all King of Fighters. It's just like a rip-off Street Fighter. So <laughs> without Capcom, then Street SNK probably would have been the Street Fighter. So I think you could see an FDC without Capcom. It just it would be a little different, you know. Just kind of the torch would be passed off to somebody else. I definitely agree with Devin there. I think that if Capcom weren't around, it would the landscape would be a lot different. But I think that we'd still have a pretty decent FGC, just we wouldn't have the wouldn't have Street Fighter to fall back on. Street Fighter has really made it might have taken longer for us to get to the point where street where fighting games are as prevalent as they are now. And let's be honest, like Dev said, we're still pretty niche. Even right now, we're still niche. But we're further along than we might have been. We're further along than we might have been without Capcom. I think the FGC without Cap, uh, without Capcom would be a little bit. The word I would want to use is remedial. I guess we'd be. We wouldn't be as far along as we are right now. And take that however you like. But there, are, there's so many other games like Devin said. If around the same time you have King of Fighters and you have King of Fighters and King of Fighters might have ended up being the Street Fighter. The, the Street Fighter replacement, I guess. I mean, in that in a world without Capcom, I mean, world without Capcom, I guess it would be the Street Fighter. King of Fighters would be the would be the standard fighting game. And then, of course, you know, there's Mortal Kombat. And then, who knows? But then, of course, you have to realize, you have to think about how does Capcom not being around affect the development of other fighting games? The like, um, how many how many characters 
don't get made? How many other fighting games don't get made because there's no Capcom? There's no Capcom to inspire some of these other fighting games, these other characters and stuff like that. How many, I, I mean, we wouldn't, I mean, at the very least, we wouldn't have Legend of Chun-Li, which is really good, which would be really great, but that's just, you take the good with the bad, man. There are so many different fighting games that we may or may not have gotten to get. We definitely wouldn't have Marvel versus Capcom. We wouldn't have Tatsunoko versus Capcom. We wouldn't have Capcom versus SNK, Capcom versus SNK2, no Street Fighter, Cross Tekken. There's so many, there's so many games that just evaporate without the presence of Capcom. And there's these are these are games, no Street Fighter 4, no, no Street Fighter 2, no Street Fighter 5, no Street Fighter whatsoever, no Capcom care. No, because then you have to start thinking, what about all the other games that Capcom's made? Rival Schools, Vampire Savior, all these Capcom games that completely just evaporate because there's no Capcom. There's no Capcom making these games. So then everybody else would have kind of had to pick up the slack. But let's pretend for a second that these other these other companies did exactly what they did without Capcom being around. So SNK makes Sam uh, Samurai Showdown. They also make King of Fighters. We got the Art of Fighting. And they're not exactly doing as great. But then, of course, who's to say that they wouldn't get the attention that would have been put on the street? There's so many. So like, the landscape may or may not look so different. Like Devin was saying, King of Fighters could have easily been the Street Fighter without Street Fighter being there. And then you might have SNK versus Tatsunoko. Who knows, right? SNK versus um, Marvel versus SNK. All these different potential mix of SNK cross, uh, cross Tekken. Wouldn't that be crazy having Iori team up with Kazuya Mishima and stuff? It would be, it would be a whole lot different. There's so many, uh, there's so many ways it could be interpreted, but the landscape I think would be a lot different. But I don't, I think that the FGC could definitely exist without Capcom. It would just look a whole lot different. We may or may not be as far as we we are right now, but it it would all come down to what the quality of the games without Capcom would be. And I think I think SNK would maybe be able to carry carry that burden. Then of course, you know, you have Namco, uh, Namco, which eventually comes Namco Bandai, and they have like the Tekkens and the Soul Calibers. And of course, you know, we already had Samurai Showdown and stuff. So there's so many different things to think about when it comes to that, but the FGC definitely would be a whole lot different without Capcom. It would be existent, but it would be extremely different. It may not be, because Capcom has cranked out so many games. SNK, technically speaking, SNK could have made a Marvel versus SNK game without with without the uh, the existence. Even though Capcom exists, we could have had a Marvel versus SNK game. That is entirely possible. We could have had a Tatsunoko versus SNK game, but we don't. And the thing is that Marvel constant uh, not Marvel, but Capcom constantly say, okay, we want to do this, we want to do this. We're putting this character in this game. We're going to put Mega Man in the game. We're putting Marvel versus Capcom, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, Street Fighter, X-Men versus Street Fighter, all these games that have been cranked out, all these experiments that kind of push the envelope a little bit. So yeah, I would probably maybe go with my first uh, statement. It might not be as far along as it needed to be. So I would I would say the, the FGC may not, there would be an FGC, but it wouldn't be as out there close to um as close to mainstream as it is now without the without the, without capcom kind of at the helm i definitely agree with the sentiment that the fgc would be nowhere where it is today 
without Capcom. It wouldn't be as big as it is. It wouldn't have as much attention on it. You know, if I'm not mistaken, Capcom was really, like, one of the first ones that really started taking, like, the esports of, like, you know, starting, like, big tournaments and stuff like that, like the Capcom fighters and stuff. They were, like, the first ones doing that for fighting games, correct? Wait, say that again? Like, they were, like, Capcom was, like, the first ones that was taking, like, coming into, like, this esports area serious for fighting games. Like, they like they were the ones first starting to, like, do Capcom fighters and stuff like that. I think, like, Tekken and the other games really start, start like, following their lead and stuff like that. Cause I think, I think they so. Were the first ones doing it. So, it definitely, you know, Capcom is really just, you know, as much as we give it flack for certain things, they really have, like, put on for fighting games. You know, they, yeah. they really have done a lot for fighting games. I mean, so much so that, like, Capcom, like, even when they make, they have so many good games that even when they make duds, people are just like, won't you just make this good game that you're not making again, you know? Won't you just bring back Dawn Star? Won't you just bring back Capcom versus the SNK2? Like, I feel like even though uh, Street Fighter versus Tekken was a bad game, people still give a second one another chance that they made it. Like, they, people would just want to see, like, if they could do that right. People would give it a chance. You know, rival schools and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, another Marvel first. Like, they have so many, like, they've done so much, like, so many good things. that There's so many games that people, like, even if this is sucking, like, bring back that, you know. Yeah. That's, like, that's the influence that they've really had. And, you know, if we were to say, like, could somebody else have picked up that slack and stuff like that? Well, I guess you'd have to ask yourself, like, what was the reason that Street Fighter 2 blew up the way it did? Like, what what was it about that game that, you know, people loved it? What was it about Street Fighter 4 that when it came out, it revived the scene? It's like, okay, once you figure that out, is was anybody else doing that? Does anybody else have that flair, that feel? Could, could you honestly see MK doing that? Could you honestly see SNK making some of that caliber? Yeah. And stuff like that. I don't know, like, for me, like, I... Street Fighter was what brought me into gaming. It's just like when you touched it, you just fell in love with it. When I first touched Street Fighter Alpha Two was my first Street Fighter. So when I when I just touched that game, it was just like instantly like you would just engage with it and stuff like that. And it might have been just like me as a youngin seeing my cousins do supers and I'm like, oh my goodness, I wanna do that super. You know, fatalities just didn't have that same feel like yeah, it was cool. Just like, yeah, I just I uppercutted your head off and I got it in my hand. You know, like it just didn't feel the same as just like doing a raging demon. It just didn't feel the same. So, you know, with SNK be doing stuff like that. I mean, even with supers and stuff like that, we've said before that Capcom was the one that started doing that and people started following that because people, you know, really wanted it in their games and stuff like that. So could I see somebody else doing what Capcom did? I really don't know a fighting game history like that. For but for the games that I've seen, they like Mortal Kombat to me didn't have that feel. Tekken didn't have that feel. Tekken kind of turned me off the fighting games, you know. So Soul Calibur was another game that like really like entrenched me in it. But do I feel like Soul Calibur could have done what Street Fighter did? I don't know. Maybe we just have to live in that timeline and know. You know, yeah. like if Capcom was just like, you know what, we're packing it up, we're on up out of here. You know, we, I mean, but as far as like just if you, I, if I had to, I just think Capcom was the only one doing what they're doing and bringing people into fighting games like that. So, but I'm sure there'll be, you know, people in the comments with different opinions and things like that. And I, I mean, I want to hear it. So, you know, do I think we could have a Street Fighter, I mean, a FGC with our Capcom? Yeah, I think we can. I mean, I think people would make, you know, still make fighting games and stuff like that. 
I mean, let's just say Capcom makes Street Fighter 2. Just from Street Fighter 2 alone, like it, 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 you know, ignited enough people who had such a love for fighting games they wanted to make their own that we would still have fighting games, you know. We still have the MKs, the Tekkens, the, the SNKs, all the different games that we have. We'd still have those, but I just don't think the FGC would just have the eyes of, I don't know if we would have been on ESPN. Yeah. You know, I don't know if we would be having like the big, e, like the esports style, like tourneys, you know, world tours and stuff like that. I don't know if it would be here right now. So that's why I think about it. So uh, we would definitely have it, but we just wouldn't be nowhere near as far as we can, as we are now. So anybody else have anything to add? I just think it's one of them. I think it's like the, uh, the branding effect. Like if Doritos brand was never created, everybody would just get the next best thing. And that would be what was on top. Whether that's Tom's or Golden Flakes, whatever the next best one, <clears throat> best one is. So I, I actually, if you look at, it, I feel like it would be because I, it, the Street Fighter was net. Like I really think, like right now, King of Fighters would probably be Street Fighter if there was no Capcom, because, and they wouldn't be struggling. So you know, King of Fighters is out, but it's like Street Fighters want to take president because that's what was like out first, and it was it just happened to be popular, a good game. So it's like. KOF is a good series, has good games, but it just gets overshadowed. So if you know Street Fighter never was made, King of Fighters might have been. You know there might be a, a SNK War Tour with with King of Fighters, and they, you know, they might have the more funding to do what they need to do and and kept their games going. And I think MK could have definitely done it. The only thing I think might have stopped MK would because it had a lot of attention. Like mm-hmm. I think MK had more attention than Street Fighter because when that game came out, politicians were talking about this game. Yeah. This game about all this, so it had, it had. This game was on the news. I don't know if I've ever seen like Street Fighter Two on the news. Like you might have seen it maybe like in something like, oh, there be this article or something going on in this place. Here's an arcade, but like have it to be like a main topic, main thing on Street Fighter on the news. But at the same time, if it had been the main game out, maybe they might have driven it out of the limelight and try to get it banned because it was so violent. It's like, well, this game is being played too much. It's all over the place. Let's ban this game. So that possibly could have stopped Mortal Kombat from being super big because at that time, you know, all the gore people were, like, having a problem with now. It's like, oh, yeah. that is it. Cut off, ate his eyeballs. Man, it's Tuesday. It's a Wednesday. Nobody cares. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think that it's just – it's like one of them things like, like Jordan. If Jordan never played, you know – Whoever the next best person was, they, they would have been the limelight. They would have been, like, considered the greatest of all time, you know. And that's usually, I think that's why people kind of, you know, say, I mean, there were great players before Joe, but I think that's why people, because he was just so popular and he, he kind of just got things popping so much with shoes and the popularity. So it's like, whatever was popular, people flocked to. So yeah. I, I think it, I just, it, it, it's interesting to see, like, KOF could have been the Street Fighter. Because there were so many other fighting games out there that I think weren't made by Capcom that I even never knew about. You got World Fighters. There's some some obscure games. Like, I've never seen this game before in my life. And you might have seen those games if, you know, Capcom wasn't a thing. There was a, a, Tar- a Tarkov. Like a, there was a game that's based off, like, a side-scroller from, like, I think, Cap, uh, SNK or Neo Geo. And that's like, he's, he has a fighting game. Was like, I, did, I did not know this guy had a fighting game. So it's it's so many fighting games out there. It's like you just look it's like so many games is not made by Capcom, but because you know Street Fighter is popular and Capcom is just like the household fighting game, and it's like, eh, why am I gonna play Bugs Bunny's Fighter Five or Little Jimmy's Fighter Tournament Three? I'm gonna play Street Fighter. I'm not gonna play that. 
But you never know. Little Jimmy's tournament fighter could have been big if Capcom won. Like, you know, maybe Street Fighter was definitely like the most aesthetically pleasing game back then. Also, too, like it looked very, very good in comparison to the other games. To me, like it looked better. I'm, I feel like I'm bashing on MK. Like I, I'm not. <laughs> Like, I'm not bashing on MK. I'm not saying MK was a bad game or nothing like that, like, at all. So, you know, but I, I feel like, Street, I don't know, Street Fighter was just, I just really can't see, I just can't see, like, anything, like, doing what Street Fighter did. But Devin's right. Like, if there wasn't a Jordan, we would have just idolized, I don't know who, <laughs> who was the next best person back then? Who was the dude that played for the Knicks? That just well, really nobody. It was a lot of good players back then. Like nobody was just winning because of Jordan. You know, we would probably been Reggie Miller. We'd have probably been talking about Charles Barkley. We'd probably be talking about you know who, whoever else Jordan was just you know stopping them from reaching you know what they were supposed to. Yeah. So you know, it's right on that. If if Capcom wasn't there, maybe people would have just idolized MK to the point that it had been the grandfather of all this. So who knows? And yeah. to me, MK was hype. Like MK3, like that, when they introduced that combat, the combo system in MK3, that jump was hype. And that to me, that was hyper than anything I seen in Street Fighter. Uh, uh, uppercut jump, like eyes never. I was like, you mean tell me, I beat his face in five times on the ground, then I punched him in the air, then I punched him again like Cabal. Like I love Cabal. He do the do 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 into run. And then you do launch and then jump, kick, fireball. I just like my mind is blown. So I, I definitely think MK3 probably would have been a specific one that would have just taken, the, I think, the LGC to the next level because it was so high octane. The visuals so much better. The mute, some of the best fighting game music in history was mm-hmm. MK3, and just the, the the brutalities they introduced. It was just so. But again, like I said, the, the whole violence thing could have stopped it just because maybe they've been all. Oh, this game is too. It's everywhere. All these kids are playing. Let's ban this game. But I think MK3. They had a pretty popular competitive scene. It gets pretty competitive. You got infinites and combo, crazy combos and crazy execution stuff. So I think if that had been one MK3 product, would have been the one to do it if it didn't get stopped. If it if it hypothetically wouldn't have been stopped in its tracks by people trying to ban it for being violent. Yeah. I'd love to see where Killer Instinct would be now without something like Capcom back then because Killer Instinct was a dope game on the on the uh, SNES man like oh yeah it was fire like <laughs> Killer Instinct was fire and then Killer Instinct Gold people don't talk about that as much and mm-hmm. I always felt weird playing Killer Instinct on the N64 controller but that game was I mean it was a good game. You know, like Killer yeah. Instinct, really great game. So I wonder, without somebody like Capcom, where would where would like Killer Instinct be right now? We'd be in a world to where people are basically just getting down on their knees and praying to Bill Gates that he'll go ahead and release another <laughs> Killer. Or would it be a game that's just like, oh, it's the, you know, we know it's getting made because that's our money maker. You know, I I had fun with Killer Instinct more than I, like I had with like Tekken and stuff like that. So oh, wow. You know, Killer Instinct was yeah. a dope game. Getting Cinder back then and just like just turned into a flame all in people's face, and then up they had like the great combos. You know, I feel like their endings and fatalities were more interesting than MK, but that's you know that probably wasn't more creative, but like it looked like cooler, like it looked yeah. cool. Like MK just had like 
the mad violent factor to it, which, you know, I mean, it was cool. Like, it was, it was definitely cool to uppercut somebody and see blood splatter the screen, but at the end of the day, like, it was just, like, it's just violence. But, like, Killer Instinct was a dope game, so. <clears throat> somebody, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be walking down the Dallas streets and somebody with a scorpion mask will come to swing on me. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so that's all we have. You know, that's the uh, that's the end of this episode, the input-output. We made it to the end of another episode. As I always say, we thank you guys for joining us. Uh, if you listen all the way up until this point, uh, we really, really appreciate it. I also just want to take time to really, really uh, tell the fans that we really, really appreciate the support for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, this started off as, like, uh, video only. We was just only wanting to do, like, a YouTube show. But then once we started getting recommendations for a podcast, like the love we have been getting on the podcast is amazing. Like I think we've like we're like in, people are listening from like sixteen different countries, which is crazy. Wow. So never expected that, you know. So we just really, really thank you guys for the support. I mean, the statistics have been great. We just really appreciate y'all and you know, we, we have more, you know, very, very soon. I you know, this is the first time, you know, what's <laughs> saying this on a on a uh, tv fgc platform but we have like plans coming up in the future to give you guys more content you know just something you know life happens some things are holdups you know winter mm-hmm. storms you know thor coming out of the sky and punching texas so you know you know setbacks but we're, we're still trying to get it out so now we're down to our closing remarks starting with you mr game and lift what do you want to leave the people with just glad to be another episode here again. Thank you all for watching, listening, whatever platform. You know, just thanks for the support. You know, follow if you aren't following or subscribe. You know, if you feel like you like the content, like the topics, um, you know, please uh, feel free to do so. Definitely glad to see the growth in the channel. Definitely actually seems like it's pretty fast. And, you know, it's always great uh, great to see something that you're doing with people that are in, a, in a group that being creative and people actually like it and support it. Let's you know, makes you feel like you're doing something right. And you have a purpose that you're fulfilling. So it's very grateful for everybody that's watching, everybody that shares or likes on Twitter or YouTube, or any platform. Just glad to be back again. Another great episode with Rex on the E-Amazing. Just glad to be here. And I'm going to hand it off to my boy, E-Amazing. Thank you very much, sir. Everybody, as always, you know, it's me, your boy, MC E-Amazing. And we would like to thank you guys for being being so supportive of us, constantly um, showing showing us love. We really appreciate everybody who uh, who submits questions. If you have a question or you have a topic that you would like to, to hear discussed on Input Output, feel free to let us know about it. Feel free to put it on one of the topics. Feel free to add us on Twitter. We really appreciate, I mean, we really love coming on here and discussing the topics that are relevant to you guys out there in, in FGC land. And it's important that some of these get discussed because some of these are like the one about Capcom, you know, the one about whether or not the PC should be the standard for the the FGC. Now, these are these are topics that people talk about, but kind of offhandedly, but it's good to have a discussion. And we really appreciate not only you guys submitting your questions, but discussing these topics with us on Twitter or wherever else you happen to find us. So we really appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for listening. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for sharing, liking, following. Thank y'all very much. We, as always, you know, I'm gonna hand it off to my boy, Rexon Max. He can take us out of here. Rexon? (laughs) 
felt like I was summoned. Yeah, man, we're we're really really appreciative of you guys. You know, it's always great to be doing this. And if you guys have people who want to be on the show, you know, for a while we were having like guests on the show, but we kind of took a break to make sure that we were, you know, fundamentally sound on like making sure that we could care. And it's like not like oh, you know, in, like you need the guests to to have the show. We, we took a break from doing guests, but if that's people you guys would like to see on the show, let us know, you know, reach out to us on our social medias. We have them linked everywhere. There's not a video you, <laughs> you can't watch while our links aren't there. So you can look in the description, but yeah, new work coming soon. I would tease something, but I can't. So <laughs> as much as I want to, yeah, man, it's, 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 it's some dope stuff coming and we're just glad for the support. When we started this stuff, you know, I was definitely like, man, who's going to listen to us just sit and ramble about fighting games? Like I just, I just couldn't see anybody doing it. So it's, it's great to see the support. It's great that you guys are really, really, you know, supporting the content. We just can't wait to give you more. So if that's all, you know, we'll see you guys on the next episode. So peace out. Peace out, y'all. Love, peace, and hair grease, everybody.